0: Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion, where just about anything goes. I've got some new uh, studies to share with you, some articles, interesting things happening in and around the world. We're going to talk about support bubbles, one country created this uh, for uh, at least uh, to stave off some loneliness and there is research on loneliness and it's better than uh, than we think so I'm going to share that with you after 1015 but first callings not the only way to connect the inbox is easy and always open at 514 800 remember you can also email me to Lori at dr. and as I predicted I uh, kind of knew that we would get a follow-up at some point from the young lady, uh, last, well, she texted in a couple of nights ago who discovered her father with another man and, um, you know, was seeking out our support, our help and, and some direction. So we did get a follow up and we've been all waiting to, to hear it. Did mother find out? Was she going to tell? Who was going to tell? And all that confrontation. So I do have a follow up, but I wanted to add, this thing because I got another email from a listener who was questioning um, and felt suspicious that this was a, a made-up story. Kind of, um, you know, I, I get what she was saying. Is I remember being on the air way, way, way back like 30 years ago on another on our sister station where we had young listeners who would try and uh, kind of trick us with uh, crazy questions. And she's thinking, hmm, this might be, might be it. I didn't get that sense, I have to tell you. And, uh, for me, this is real and it could, it could happen. It's a situation. I would never want to take the chance that whatever somebody is sending into me is, um, I wouldn't want to doubt whatever uh, questions are being asked of me. So I will always answer them as honestly as possible. I mean, this is not anything outrageous, outlandish, uh, uh, lewd, crude, or anything like that. Those I filter. But, um, so I just want to give you, uh, put this out there for you, okay? So, I walked in the door last night at 1130, took every ounce of nerve to go in. My older brother was there, and I did not need a poster to tell me what happened. I did not ask. I did not need to hear anything. My dad got up and said, I guess that's it. He got up with suitcase in hand and left. I spoke to my mom and brother after and she told me many years back she suspected him of cheating and told him that is the one thing she will divorce for no questions asked, no explanations. She said she did not look deeper into it and left it like that. I love my dad, of course, and in time, I will get over this, maybe, but for now, I really do not want to talk to him. Somehow, I feel relieved. Today, I spoke with my mom more about it, and she is making an appointment to get checked. I finally managed to talk to a gay friend. We were always close friends, but talked less since the virus. I told her everything, and she said I did the right thing, and she shared lots of things with me about her lifestyle. We use the term, that's so gay, sometimes, and even she says it is in no way related to gay men or women. It is a saying with a word that has two meanings. When someone tells her she should not say that, she tells them she is gay. And if you do not like this the saying, too bad, suck it up, buttercup. We are both dancers, and we can sit and watch Fred Astaire and Ginger Roger movies all day. She asked me if I remembered the movie, The Gay Divorcee. Was that meant to say gay as in homosexual? And she said even the word homosexual is not liked in the community. It has been a hard last few days, but it's going to get better. Your show has helped me a few times in the past and I never wrote in, but you certainly helped me this time. You are the reason I'm still a virgin. I don't want to take that responsibility. I am not giving myself to anyone until I'm sure I want to and with the right person. I think I got the most out of the baby boomer show than any anything else. I had to look up what a baby boomer was. LOL. Guys never really grow up, do they? They may mature, but some things do not change. I love your show and the poem last night was a thinker. I love the line, we're on the shore of a cosmic ocean. I'm starting to cry now. I have been an emotional wreck. Two reasons, the obvious, and because you took the time to go through this with me. Uh, You are compassionate and caring just like my mom. I will keep you updated. I know you are always there for everyone. So thank you for that. I really uh, appreciate the follow up. Absolutely, uh, and and your bravery. So you have a lot of courage for a young lady, and I think we all stand behind you here. Uh, what do you mean? People send questions to trick you. Why would they do that? And how is that tricking you? Not not tricking me, but sometimes um, tricking me. I, I shouldn't say the word trick, but when years ago. Um, People would call in with uh, like outrageous, what seemed to be um, kind of outrageous fetishes or things like that. But you know, to me, all fetishes could be a possibility. Like any object could be uh, fetishized. But there was t- you know, back then we didn't have call screeners and things like that. We didn't have text, so it was all calls. And, uh, and I knew that, I knew because people would tell me after, young people that I would speak to say, hi, hi we called the show, you know, they would gather in groups of friends and then kind of make the phone call and they would love to hear themselves on the radio and then, uh, hear the answer. But again, like, the person who wrote in, doubted the story. I'm just sharing with you. I'm not even reading her whole email to you and, and whatever. And as she said, if it's true, then I clearly have too much time on my hands. So, uh, I think maybe that's the, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Uh, let's see, hi, Dr. Roy, it's always, always possible that any of us are not telling the truth when we contact you, clearly, but it's great that you give us the plausible benefit of the doubt. I'm happy that the teenage girl is able to weather the mess with the father. It's great that she's thanking you, I, and I think she's thanking all everybody here who helped her because it wasn't just my feedback, but everybody's feedback. She got everybody's feedback. She got direction. She followed through, and I think she's going to be... Okay, like this person. I love having sex upside down hanging from the ceiling. Hmm, <laughs> let me think. What is that? What kind of fetish could that be? Oh my, don't you guys go ahead and do this now, okay? I know, don't do that. Uh, and yesterday we talked about self-care and I do want to read a couple of people's uh, suggestions because you may find them useful as well and how much self-care is is uh is important especially during uh during these times you know as one person said i'm being told by everybody that i'm being too paranoid i have asthma f them i really 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 don't want to die and of course you know we each have to assess our risks and of course you don't want to die and you do what's good for you and if you want to protect yourself to whatever degree you need to you do that and that is self-care so thank you for that example a safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship it's passion with cgad 800's dr Lori Batito. anything goes tonight as you know our usual friday fair um i have some text messages here this texter says can you please put this out there who is more sexually satisfied after masturbating men or women, how do you measure that though? How do you measure sexual satisfaction? It's like if I masturbate and have an orgasm, I'm satisfied. Where's the more, like I'm not even sure how we would uh, measure that sexual satisfaction. Think about that for a minute. Um, if you ask how many more do it, how many more women masturbate than men? Or how many more men masturbate than women? I'm just not sure we'd be able to answer that um on on the text here but if people have uh some thoughts about that listener wants me to put it out there. There it goes. Alright, a couple of things on self-care. During the pandemic I took advantage of the opportunity to take the necessary time in order to nurture my inner environment as well via journal writing, meditation, spiritual connection and whatnot, which often becomes overlooked neglected, and bypassed during our daily responsibilities and distractions alike, unfortunately. How true you are, how right you are, uh, that I, I have noticed a lot of people have taken this time to reflect. It's been a good time to reflect, and hopefully some of these New um, habits like meditation and being more spiritually connected, and being more grounded, and being more mindful, that we can take this forward even as life starts to get back to the pace that it was before. I'm I'm kind of hoping it slows down a little bit for many of us. Like I also enjoyed the slow down pace; I was able to get in touch with more of the creative side and do all kinds of stuff, but. As time, I'm noticing as time is going and work is picking up, it's um, less less and less time to do all of that, those things, which are part of self-care and you really do have to find that balance and, and make the time. Uh, I gained about 10 pounds in late March, April. Oh, the COVID-10, yes. Had daily afternoon naps for the first time in my adult life. Good self-care. Obsessively read COVID news at all levels I could find. Not such good self-care. Medical, case statistics, uh, international, public, health directors, political, pop culture, uh, and reaching out daily to friends and family. My best self-care move was going back to work seven weeks ago uh so getting away from all of this stuff clearly self-care is also about not uh, inundating yourself with all the negativity and and negative stuff that's out there so uh, sometimes work is a very good distraction for that kind of thing as for our young lady that is nuts this poor girl seems traumatized Nowhere to Turn. And another one says, Back in the 60s, gay as a word also used to mean cheerful, as in meet the, the Flintstones theme song, include the lyrics, we'll have a gay old time. Absolutely. It, it was also a first name in um, in the 60s, early, early 60s. I know a few people who were born around that time whose first names were gay, women. Um, some people think this pandemic is a scam. What I tell them is to tell that to someone who lost a parent to this virus. I think they may not share your theories. I wish it was a scam. Um, it's true. Talk to people who have lost, and I've known a few, unfortunately, personally, of people who have lost their lives to COVID and yeah, where's the scam in that, right? Uh, it's always better to err on the side of caution, nonetheless, thereby addressing people's requests for help seriously, just in case that's what I do. You're absolutely right. And kudos to you, Lori, for doing that consistently and professionally. So shame on the disrespectful imposters who lack consideration and empathy and be proud in knowing they are powerless to ruin it for you and those worthy of your help as well. Uh, thank you. And. You know, sometimes if you stump me with something that I've never heard of, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist, right? If I've never heard of it, doesn't mean I I, I wouldn't think that I know so much and everything that I, I would never know something that about sexuality, and I'd say, well, oh, that must be fake, simply because I don't know it. Let me research it. Let me find out uh, first, right? Uh, let's see we were debating that I think guys come but not fully sexually satisfied in fact was not worth it where women do it in half the time and usually feel great after I think it depends on the woman and the guy you speak to this is why I said it's very hard to measure what what do you mean by sexual uh satisfaction So there you have it. All right, let's talk about the bubble, the support bubble. So people living in England um, have been able to bubble with one another, with one other household. And according to this article, it's a move that threatens to tear families and friendships apart. And you tell me if you agree with this. So clearly, it's been a tough few months for people who are living alone. Those with uh, housemates and, and family can turn to each other for fun and, and comfort uh, and lots of proximity. But those people who are on their own uh, were only, what, they only had access to Zoom and chats and WhatsApp and, and things like that for human company. But this article says, now 82 days in, the government has granted them a lifeline. As of June 13th, adults living alone and single parents living with kids under 18, with the exception of those who are shielding, can form support bubbles with one other household, giving them permission to spend as much time as they'd like in another home without social distancing. But with this new freedom comes a new dilemma. Of all the people in your life, who do you choose to bubble up with? How do you choose, for example, between your son and your daughter? Do you pick your best friend? Or do you pick a friend with benefits? So who would you bubble up with? So they're taught, the government obviously has given this uh, go-ahead and has encouraged more people to enter into these sorts of uh, arrangements without worry. But uh, there's still a risk, I, I would suppose. But they say that the emotional payoff is worth the risk. So... Uh, love to know who would you, um, support bubble up with find one other household that you can go back and forth from just one other household. Who would it be? Uh, as for the masturbation pleasure, men or women, this text writes masturbation, pleasure, even for a guy, me can be very tremendously can vary tremendously depending upon a few different psychological, emotional, and even physiological reasons at the time. So I'm sure that other guys and women can experience the same thing. You're quite right. No point in comparing or measuring men and women's masturbation pleasure levels generally. Um, I agree. I don't think it's something you can quantify because it's different. Each time it can be different and there are too many factors that come into play. Uh the passion poet uh, writes a poem here. The weekend is here. Please try and stay cool. It's going to be hot. Find a beach or a pool. But when the weather is hot and sticky, it's no time for dipping dicky. But when the dew is on the pumpkin, then it's time for dicky Duncan. <laughs> okay, that one had me laugh. Um uh, <laughs> Texter writes a doctor, you mean you don't know everything? <laughs> It is certainly nice to hear that kind of humility. Please, who knows everything? And is that common among colleagues in your profession? I would hope I would hope no one in my profession thinks they know everything. There's always so much to learn, and people in my profession are constantly um like doing classes and workshops and reading and like it's part of our we we have to do this as to maintain our status as a psychologist, for example, we have to do X number of hours over a course of a year or a few years to be able just to maintain our license. So I would hope that uh, we don't know uh, or people don't walk around thinking they know everything. I mean, I have been around the block, meaning I've been in this business for 30 years I still don't know everything. And there's always new things uh, to learn even when it comes to sexuality. That's why I love sharing the new research that comes out uh, about sex, because there's always new things to learn. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Oh, it's the end of the week weeks are going by so fast it's just it's everybody feeling it like me I've never felt it before except during this time I would figure with having less to do time would be like slower but no 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 just flying by And uh, thinking about, oh, I got to do this, I'm going to do that, and like, I'm going to take the opportunity to do all these things. I didn't get that list done. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people are in that same situation. Anyhow, let's talk about some studies here. Uh, The coronavirus pandemic has had little effect on the sex lives of people from this country, Germany. According to the results of a survey that just emerged this week, some 87% of the respondents were adamant that the crisis had not deflated their sex lives. Almost 60% of couples responded that public lockdowns had brought them closer together. Every fifth among respondents who answered more detailed questions said they had had more sex than before, and 12% even better sex. But a quarter of these respondents admitted experiencing conflicts that had impacted negatively on their romantic lives. Some 40% of singles included in the sample had opted for pauses in dating. 11% had met but at a distance. 10% could not resist kissing and a further 10% had sex. Uh, Meanwhile, three Germany-based condom manufacturers questioned by a German news agency said consumers had also stashed up on latex during a run on toilet paper and noodles as the crisis unfolded in supermarkets in March. Prostitution in Germany, previously attributed for a quarter of condom usage, had collapsed amid social distancing. And um, they go on to say, I presume that couples in stable relationships had more sex. Otherwise, the turnover figures would have slumped. So if people were buying them before for prostitutes. Well, now they were buying them for sex at home. So it's interesting to see how different countries respond. Not sure what it is about um, what's going on in that country. But we know that it certainly has dampened uh, libido for some people. Uh, hold on, let me see here. Another study, this was a Canadian study. So out of St. Mary's University in Halifax, a um, a, a new survey on dating, romance, and sex. So um, here, uh, anyway, what they're finding is people are now uh, ghosting, fewer people are ghosting online. Uh, People are still going on dates. Some people are reporting that in general, people are far more genuine, which is very interesting. Um, and they're talking about dates that include things like six feet apart picnics and, uh, bringing each other snacks to eat in respective cars while chatting. So parking your car, um, and then one person describes how she had several meetups where men tried to hop into her car to chat uh, some dates treated her poorly others wanted to meet and carry on as if the pandemic wasn't happening. Uh, so this recklessness was looked at as well. The recklessness, the creativity and the types of connections people are seeking during these times are among the things that this researcher is trying to learn about. So the research study examines how the pandemic has changed how we feel about ourselves in terms of dating and our romantic relationships. She says people are putting themselves into two camps. One camp is the, I've done some self-reflection, I want the long-term relationship, I want companionship where I didn't before. The other camp is, you only live once, I don't want to miss out on future meetings, and so during the lockdown, they're lining up lots of potential short-term mating opportunities. Researcher believes that uh, middle ground, what she calls a flexible mating strategy, has all but disappeared and people are instead going to one extreme or the other. She also found a pattern of people trying to reconnect with ex-partners or former friends with benefits, uh, reaching out for comfort basically with someone you've known uh, in your past. Uh she also wants to know how people are thinking about their competitors on the dating market and um how worried are people about their Rivals, meaning those that will break the rules. <laughs> Are they getting more dating, mating opportunities? She's looking at self-esteem, looking at the changes in their lives and things like that. Uh, she says, I think a lot of people had a very harsh look at themselves, like perhaps for the first time in a long time, they've actually examined their lives in a really reflective way. She couldn't yet comment on the replies to the survey question about how often people are having sex, but based on anecdotal evidence, she believes it's likely that people are breaking the rules if they feel pressured because others around them are doing it. I know there are a lot of people breaking the so-called uh, rules, right? Uh, the other thing that uh, she says, which is interesting, if you're meeting someone for the very first time online and they say to you, I know there's this whole pandemic thing, but we're not older, it's not going to affect us, so why don't we just hook up? Well, I think that would tell you so much about yourself and someone else. We don't have a moral compass with other questions like we do with that sort of question, and I think that has been immensely valuable to some people, especially people seeking a long-term mate. You don't want to be with someone perhaps that has that sort of more risque attitude, especially about your health and their health. So using that as a kind of a measuring stick, right, to eliminate uh, potential uh, partners, which is interesting. If you have any comments, you know that you can always call in or text in. If you want to call in, you can do that at 514 800 If you want to text in, it's 514-800. A reminder that if you have a question for me and you it's a lengthier than a few lines, then email it to me and I'll, uh, I'll address it at the beginning of every show, which is what I do here. So you can send that to me to Lori at drlori.com. Passion with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. How many people feel lonely? We've talked about loneliness. I think we dedicated a whole show to loneliness. In fact, I want to share this study with you as well. Uh, All right, here we go. So, contrary to expectations, the whole physical distancing recommendations and stay-at-home orders put in place across the U.S., this American study, to contain the spread uh, did not... Did not lead to an uptick in loneliness among Americans. This is according to research published by the American Psychological Association the researchers said we were surprised by the overall remarkable resilience in response to COVID-19. The pandemic is something that everyone is going through. And just knowing that you are not alone and that everyone is going through the same restrictions and difficulties may be enough in the short term to keep feelings of loneliness down. I'm just wondering if You guys agree with that. Um, they had, uh, so they had done a big survey. They did it over since February. So February, like pre January, early February. So pre lockdown and everything else. And then March and, uh, and April. So people had, were able, they were able to, to see people through, um, like longitudinally anyway, to see if it had, uh, changed overall. um, There were about 55% were men, 45% were women. There was uh, over 1,500 participants from all ages, and the researchers found no significant change in mean levels of loneliness across the three survey waves. People in at-risk groups, including those living alone and those with chronic health conditions, reported feeling lonelier than others in the first pre-pandemic survey, but their loneliness loneliness levels did not increase during physical distancing or stay at home measures. Older adults loneliness increased slightly in March but leveled off in April, the researchers also found that on average participants reported increased feelings of social and emotional support during the pandemic that suggests that for many people reaching out to friends and family via phone calls, video chats and other means may have provided an important buffer against loneliness. So, that's good news is that um, as a community, people did come together. That's what it tells me is that it, it, it has done some good some good things, right, for um, reaching out to friends and reaching out to loved ones and, and some people making connections with, with people they hadn't spoken to in years. I've had a few of those um, stories told to me as well. Uh, Gray writes, you don't know everything. I was hoping you could tell me why I'm unable to have sex unless a rodeo clown holding a live chicken stands in the corner of my room singing Mom Bop by Hanson at me. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, you stumped me on that one. Mm-mm. Uh, another one, I think women are more satisfied because of all the toys available to them. This is satisfaction with masturbation. A real pe- penis cannot spin, vibrate, and pulsate. I tried with mine. Hurt like hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's true. There are more, um, toys for women. Doesn't mean there aren't any toys for men, but it's more difficult for, uh, for women to, get to the same uh, level because they need more of that stimulation, uh, clitorally anyway. I There's an article that was really fun, and I want to just end with this because these are just fun facts, and they are fun facts about love and sex in the animal kingdom. So it looks at really crazy, like some crazy stories about mating, how different species mate and some of them are downright uh, scary, actually. Uh, not this one, but giraffes. So I don't know if you know this about giraffes, but giraffes undergo cycles of fertility like, like humans. Uh, but this is something that they do that we humans, well, at least most of us don't do. Uh, giraffes will sip each other's urine. It is a surefire way to tell if a female is in heat. This uh, time-saving technique ensures that a male won't waste energy snooping around a lady who won't give him the time of day or is unlikely to conceive if they couple up. So a male will crane his long neck over to the female's rump, nuzzle his head against her genitals. After she gives her suitor careful consideration, because after all it means she has to be pregnant for 15 whole months, that's their... That's the pregnancy. Uh, The female will voluntarily release a squirt of pee for her partner to catch in his mouth and savor. The giraffe tongue functions a bit like an ovulation stick, sensitive enough to detect the hormones that can tell a a guy if his girl is hot to trot. (laughs) I love that story. I think it's great. Uh, all right, here's another one, uh, from the Australian, uh, forests. These are about male anti, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Antichinus, Antichinus, A-N-T-E-C-H-I-N-U-S. No idea how to pronounce it. Anyway, they are these little tiny marsupials that can engage in a single intimate encounter for 14 hours straight. Desperate, virile, and (laughs) indef. They they just can't. They. Like the Energizer Bunnies. Each of these boys will mate with as many females as possible, plugging away until the fur just sloughs off his skin, his immune system fails, and blood pools around his organs. In a grand culmination of this fornication feat, the male Antichinus. Uh, physically disintegrates. He quite literally boinks himself to death, <laughs> usually just shy of his first birthday. Part of this is part of why there's this sprint is he's only got one shot at passing on his jeans and he puts every second of it to good use. 14 hours straight. Wow. Um, Bed bugs. No, let me. I don't know. What bed bugs gross me out. I'm trying to find one here. That um, there's some really creepy stories. All right, bed bugs. Here's another one. All right, this is. Uh, they call this traumatic insemination. That is the term scientists have assigned to the stabby sex of bed bugs. When a male gets in the mood, he will mount a recently fed female and plunge his sharp needle-like penis. Directly into her abdomen, ejaculating into the open wound, by the way, bypassing her reproductive tract, which is used only for outbound eggs. The sperm finds its way through a labyrinth of, of insect blood to the ovaries where it fertilizes the recovering female's eggs. Sometimes the encounter can be so violent, and obviously you can see it's very violent, females can die from their injuries or the infections that ensue. But they do have some tricks to survive, including a mighty genital structure called the spermalege, that bolsters healing and immunity in some cases the female can stop this sexual soiree before it begins by curling forward making it more difficult for the male to access her vulnerable belly nobody understands why this might happen (laughs) it is still a mystery next week i'll share some other stories of other animals interesting mating habits including the praying mantis which is the one we've mostly heard about but there's the the anglerfish, the leopard slugs the albatross there's a tongue-eating louse uh there's lizards and birds that have really really strange really strange mating habits and i promise you i will share them with you next time how's that Thank you. Thank you all for uh being around today, this week, whatever. Um I want to wish everybody also all you fathers out there a happy, happy, happy Father's Day. Thank you to uh Nicole Proano, our technical producer, Linda Delisi, our passion researcher. If you want to connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website at uh, which is drlori.com where you can also find all the podcasts of past shows and uh, other information that might be of interest to you including a a couple of TEDx talks that I did on the topic of sexuality which you might want to watch maybe share with your partner a good opportunity to discuss uh, some sexuality coming up next here on CJD we bring you the CTV national news have a great rest of the evening a fabulous weekend and remember to live your life with passion can feel it ever.